Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that uh, you are a loving and merciful and compassionate and powerful God. And Lord, you know that here in this life we struggle with our faith at times. And so just as we've just sung in that last song, we do pray, O oh God, that you would give us faith. Give me faith. Lord, when the trials of life come, help us to trust you. Uh, Lord, when those difficult decisions come, may we trust you as you give us a clear leading on what direction to go. Lord, we need your strengthening with our faith today. And I pray that as the service continues, O oh God, that uh, you would just uh, meet with us because we know that two or more are gathered in your name today. And so meet with us, O oh God. Touch each need. Draw us closer to you. And especially, Lord, do a work in each and every father, equipping them for the mighty calling that you've given them to be leaders in their home. Lord, I just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us for our online service today. Wanted to let you know about a few announcements today. Uh, remember that we do have our prayer meetings going on on Monday evenings. We now offer two different prayer meetings. If you want to join us online, uh, we encourage you to join us at 6 p.m. That online prayer meeting is offered through the Zoom app and also available for call-in. And then we have a live in-person prayer meeting at our George Boulevard location at 6 6.30. So online at 6 and in person at 6.30 at our George Boulevard location. Uh, many of you have begun watching our online services over the last few weeks and you weren't aware that we have different ways of communicating with a congregation each week. Uh, we send out emails each Friday that give an overview of the different announcements and what's taking place in the upcoming week. Uh, also, I usually give phone messages and send those out on either Friday or Saturday. If you would like to receive our phone messages, our text messages, or our emails, we would love to get you on those lists to keep you in the loop as to what's going on uh, each week at Impact Christian Church. Simply reach out to one of our prayer counselors today or give us a call at the church office, area code 760-246-4100. Reach out to us and let us know that you'd like to be uh, begin receiving either the phone messages and text messages or those uh, emails, or all three if you like. Just let us know, and we'd love to keep you in the loop. Our impact groups uh, have finished their session for the spring, and so they will not be meeting uh, this week. Thank you one and all who have joined us for our in-person uh, in, uh, Bible studies and online Bible studies over the last month or so. It's been a blessing to dig into God's Word together. Uh, remember, we still are, are offering our youth on Friday nights at 6 p.m., and uh, during this summer we're going to enjoy some great worship services together. Please let us know if you have any needs. Uh, we'd love to meet those if we can. Uh, for those of you who would like to support the great work of Impact Christian Church, I want to thank you for your tithes and offerings. They truly do uh, some wonderful work in the Victorville area and around the world. We couldn't do what we do if it weren't for faithful supporters uh, like you. So thank you for giving your tithes and offerings. Remember, we have three different ways that you can give today. Uh, you can give by writing a check and mailing it to Impact Christian Church. 
P.O. Box 2891, Victorville, California, 92393. Uh, you can also give at our website, uh, greaterimpact.cc forward slash donate. Uh, or you can text to give. Simply text any dollar amount to 84321. Thank you so much for your faithful giving. Uh, you're a blessing to us. And uh, those gifts will do some wonderful work for the Lord here and around the world. Hopefully you have your crackers and your juice ready as we go into our time of communion together uh, with the crackers and juice close by. Uh, I just want to remind you why we take communion in the first place. Uh, the reason we take communion is because Jesus Christ said we should take it. On the night that he was betrayed, he had one final meal with his disciples. Uh, we call it the Last Supper. And as he was having that meal with his disciples, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this represents my body that is broken for you. When you come together, do this. Take of this bread in remembrance of my body that was broken for you. And in the same way, Jesus took the juice or the wine. And he said, this represents my blood of the new covenant, the new promise between God and man. For the forgiveness of sins. My blood will be poured out. So that your sins may be forgiven. And so he said. I want you to take of this juice. To remember my blood that is spilled for you. For the forgiveness of sins. Do this together. In remembrance of me. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father. We do thank you. For sending Jesus. Jesus we thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. You endured the most excruciating pain imaginable. Not because you were guilty. You were perfectly innocent. But Lord, you knew that our Father in Heaven is a holy God. And because of His holiness, our sin had to be punished. And so Lord Jesus, you loved us too much to allow us to go to hell without the opportunity to be forgiven. So, Lord Jesus, thank you for taking our death penalty for us. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. And we pray, O oh God, that each time we take communion, we would take it, Lord, in an honorable way, not taking for granted your body that was broken, your blood that was spilled. May we proclaim that glorious death of Jesus Christ until you come back to take us home to heaven. And I pray if there's anyone watching this service today, who does not know you as Lord and Savior, that today would be the day of salvation, that today would be the day they reach out and take hold of that sacrifice you did for them on the cross and enjoy eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hi, my name is Gianella. Pray for the dead for Father's Day. Heavenly Father, I come to you because I want to pray for the fathers, and and I pray, I pray on Father's Day the kids have a good day with their dad, and they they spend lots of time with their dad. In Jesus' name, Amen. Happy Father's Day, Dad. I love you so much because you are always so nice to me. Happy Father's Day to all the other dads. Dad, you may not hear it enough, but I hope that you hear it a lot today. Thank you.
for all that you do for your kids and for your families. We love you, we appreciate you, and we're so thankful for what you've done. Well, this last week I heard about a first grade teacher at the end of the school year who asked her class an interesting question. She asked them, what is Father's Day all about? And all the kids shot up their hands. They wanted to answer that question. And she called on little Johnny in the back row. Johnny shot up his hand, and he had a great answer to her question. So she called on Johnny, and she asked him, Okay, Johnny, what is Father's Day all about? And he said, Well, Father's Day is pretty much like Mother's Day, except you don't have to spend as much. (laughs) I like that answer. That's true, Johnny. You don't have to spend as much usually on Father's Day as you do on Mother's Day. Well, fast forward 10 years. Johnny turns 16 years old. He went to the DMV about two days after his 16th birthday, and he got his driver's license. He came home, and Dad was so excited. Uh, Dad went into the house, and he grabbed Mom and all the rest of the kids, and he had them come out to the driveway, and he said, We're all going to pile into the car because Johnny is going to take us on his first official drive. Dad was the first one to get in the car. He jumped into the back seat and sat right behind the driver's seat. Well, Johnny looked at him. He thought that was a little weird, kind of a strange place for Dad to sit. And he said, well, Dad, what's the deal? Are you you tired of riding shotgun and teaching me how to drive? And Dad said, no, that's not it at all. I'm going to sit back here while you're driving, and I'm going to kick the back of your seat while you're driving because you've been doing that to me for the last 16 years. (laughs) It was payback time for Dad, I guess. It is a blessing to be a father. It is one of the greatest honors in my life to be a father to my four daughters. And I hope, dads, that you know that God has given you a wonderful, wonderful blessing when he made you a dad. I hope that you consider it an honor as well. You know, there are 70 million dads in America today. 70 million dads. But sadly, many of those dads are absent from their homes. I read this last week that 11% of men at some point in their adult life will end up in jail. Isn't that terrible? 11% of men. And so many kids are being raised in homes without dads. In fact, around 50% of kids will be in a single parent home at some point during their childhood. That's frightening to me because research has been very clear. When kids are not raised in a home with with a father present, you know what? Many of those kids do turn out just fine. But we know that when kids are raised in a home without a dad, there's a higher likelihood that they'll deal later in life with depression, with anxiety, get dabbling into drugs and into crime. These things we know are more likely if a dad is not home and active in his kids' lives. And so, dads, your role is more vital than you may have ever realized. And over the next few minutes, I want you to have your Bibles in hand because we're going to open God's Word. And we're going to see some things that God wants to teach to us as dads to pass on to our kids. I want to share with you over the next few minutes five lessons that God wants you to pass on to your kids to help you be the super dad that he's created you to be. And if you're watching this right now and you're not a father, I've got some good news for you. These five lessons are not just for dads. If you want to follow Jesus Christ well, God calls you to carry out these five lessons as well and to pass those on to your kids, your grandkids, and to those around you. 
So let's dive into God's word together as we learn how to be a super dad, sharing five important heroic lessons with those that God has placed in our care, our kids, our sons, and our daughters. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. That's a little more than halfway through the Bible. Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to look first at verses 5 and 6 to find our first lesson that God wants us as dads to pass on to our kids. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. These verses will be familiar to some of you. Uh, some of you probably memorized these verses when you were kids, and they're just so important to pass on to our kids as well. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. If you had someone teach you those two verses when you were a child, whoever that person was, mom, dad, Sunday school teacher, kudos to that adult who taught you these verses when you were a child because these are two of the most important verses we could ever pass on to our kids. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. We read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Uh, dads and moms, wouldn't you agree that we want our kids to please God? Of course we do. We want our kids to please God. Well, it says right there in Hebrews eleven six, it's impossible for our kids to please God unless they are having faith. Without faith, they cannot please God. And so this verse here, Proverbs 3, 5, is so important. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. One of the most important lessons we could ever teach our kids is to trust God with their whole hearts. It's the first lesson I want to share with you today. Trust God with all your heart. Now, dads, we all make important decisions, and many of those decisions involve our families. Uh, let me suggest something to you. We want our kids more than anything else to get saved, don't we? We want them to trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If they don't do that, they won't be forgiven. If they don't trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they won't go to heaven. Jesus is the only way. So we want them to be saved. We want them to have saving faith. But at the same time, once they're saved, we want them to be in the habit of making godly decisions by trusting in the Lord and following his leading. So let me suggest to you, Dad, when you have a family decision to make, why not bring your kids in on that decision? Tell them that you're at this crossroads and you could make this decision or that decision and you're not quite sure which one would be best for the family. So discuss that with your kids and invite your kids to pray with you to decide what way to go. And so pray about it with your kids, and when God reveals what direction to go, you and your kids take that direction together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You want your kids to see you when you're at a crossroads, trusting God and following his leading. Because when they're off on their own as adults, they will make thousands of decisions, and you want them to have this godly habit of when they stand at the crossroads, ask for God's wisdom and trust that he'll give them the right way to go. God always knows the best direction to take. So that's lesson number one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lesson number two we find in the very next verse. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 7. So look at it there in your Bibles. Proverbs 3 verse 7 it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun 
evil. So lesson number two is fear the Lord and shun evil. Fear the Lord and shun evil. To be honest with you, I believe that our grandparents did a better job of teaching this lesson than we tend to. And I'll personalize that as well. I think my grandparents did a better job of teaching this to their kids than I've taught to mine. And I think there are a few reasons for that. For for one reason or another, Christians uh, today are a little hesitant to teach their kids to fear God. Uh, Our grandparents didn't have this hesitancy, did they? Some of our grandparents were very, very good at instilling a fear of God in us, weren't they? You know, some of our grandparents literally scared the hell out of us. They scared us half to death by talking about the punishment that would come if we disobeyed their rules and the punishment that would come if we disobeyed God's rules. Churches used to preach more about fire and brimstone and and Christian parents used to uh, be better at at getting their uh, point across to kids that disobedience equals pain and punishment. Uh, That's a simple message, isn't it? Disobedience equals pain and punishment. Uh, Our grandparents, I think, taught that better than we tend to today. Our our kids, I don't think, get that message as clearly. Some of us uh, had parents that made us choose our own switch. Any of you like that? Parents, grandparents, if you did something wrong, they made you go out in the backyard, pull a branch off a tree. They made you choose your own switch. Uh, Some of us, I never had to get uh, spanked with a a switch, but you know what? I remember the belt. I remember my dad's belt. Some of us had to deal with the belt when we were kids. Some of us had to deal with the wooden spoon when we were kids. But what unfortunately has happened in recent years is many parents have gone beyond a reasonable spanking on the bottom, and they have taken that a dangerous step into the realm of child abuse. And because there has been child abuse, necessarily our government has put the Child Protective Services, CPS, on high alert for parents who are abusing their kids. I'm very glad that we have the CPS to keep an eye and make sure that parents aren't abusing their kids. That's one of the most heinous things that any adult could ever do is to abuse a child. But there has been an unexpected fallout of having CPS watch carefully Because many Christian parents have been afraid to spank their kids. Afraid that that might be labeled as child abuse. And so many parents have become very hesitant to spank their children. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says in Proverbs, spare the rod, spoil the child. In other words, most children benefit from a spanking in order to learn that disobedience equals pain and punishment. When spanking is carried out in a reasonable and loving way, it is an important and necessary part of disciplining and raising children. That's what the Bible teaches us. There's certainly exceptions to the rule. If the child has special needs, if the child has disabilities, that should not be something uh, that we do as freely as we would with a child that doesn't have those challenges. But that's a general principle from God's word. We need to make sure, dads, that we are instilling a fear of God and a shunning of evil in our kids. If they don't fear, have I should say it this way, if they don't have a healthy fear of mom and dad's punishment at a young age, chances are they won't have a healthy fear of God's punishment as they get older. So number one, 
Teach your kids to trust in the Lord with all their heart. Number two, teach your kids to fear God and shun evil. And number three, we find in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Some of you are familiar with this verse uh, because Jesus called this verse out as containing the most important command in the whole Bible. Deuteronomy 6, 5, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul or mind and with all your strength. Jesus tells us in Matthew twenty-two thirty-eight, this is the first and most important command. And the reason it is the most important command is because it's all-encompassing. If you truly do obey this command and you love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, you'll obey every other command that God has given. Uh, You're not going to steal from someone if you're loving God with all your heart. You're not going to kill someone if you're loving God with all your heart because he loves people. He created them. Jesus died on the cross to save them in eternity. And so you're not going to do those things if you're loving God with all your heart. You're going to put others' needs above your own. You're going to humbly serve others. You're going to want to go to church because the church is the bride of Christ. And that pleases God when you're together with, uh, with others who are part of the bride of Christ. And so all of these commands in Scripture are naturally lived out as we obey that first and most important command. If I truly love God, I will carry out the other commands as well. So lesson number three, teach your kids to love the Lord their God with everything they've got. Teach your kids this important lesson. Kids, love the Lord your God with everything you've got. It's a critical thing that we teach our kids to love God with everything they've got. This past uh, Monday night at our prayer meeting, I, I opened up to those at the prayer meeting and let them know that I'm very, very concerned about the younger generations in America. I really am. Uh, starting with the millennials. Now, the millennial generation, you hear me talk about it every once in a while. The millennials uh, basically are the generation born between 1981 and 1996. So millennials are roughly those between the ages of 24 and 39. Uh, many of you have heard me say before that the millennial generation is the most unreached, unchurched generation in the history of America. Let me say that again. The millennial generation is the most unreached and unchurched generation in the history of America. Uh, Research has demonstrated that most millennials could care less about going to church. And not only that, many millennials believe that the church actually does more harm than good. I don't know about you, but that breaks my heart. That so many young adults today think that Jesus Christ and the bride of Christ are completely irrelevant and unnecessary, and many believe even harmful. Well, on the heels of the millennial generation are, is the youngest generation, Generation Z. Uh, generation Z roughly covers the birth years between 1996 and 2015. So those in Generation Z um, are you know, roughly from the ages of five uh, to uh, young adults today. And so... Those in Generation Z, research is beginning to show that they very well may be more unreached and unchurched than even the millennials are. And I tell you, that just causes my heart to sink. That's one of the reasons why at Impact Christian Church, we make children's ministries and youth ministries a high priority. We know that there is so much at stake. 
So many kids and teenagers and young adults today don't have parents taking them to church. So many kids and teenagers start their adult lives with two strikes against them because they didn't see one of their parents or grandparents demonstrating the importance of reading God's word and praying every day and going to church every week. And so it's so important that we as a church prioritizing, uh, prioritize reaching the younger generations that to such a very large extent are unreached and unchurched. Our, our church had these two prayer meetings this last Monday night. I mentioned to you earlier in the service, uh, we had the online prayer service at 6, and then we had the live one at 6.30. And, and I, I did a quick count of those that attended the two services. We had around 12 to 13 attenders at our Monday night prayer meetings last week. And you know what I noticed? We had about 12 or 13 in attendance. We only had one person of those 12 or 13 who was under the age of 50. And that was me. And I'm just barely under 50. We didn't have but one person under the age of 50 at those prayer meetings. I see as the months and the years pass, our prayer warriors getting older and older. And I do not see younger generations of Christians, millennials or Generation Zers, or even those in my generation, stepping up to take hold of the prayer torch to run with it. Because our prayer warriors are getting to a point, some of them, where they won't be able to attend much longer because of health reasons and mobility issues. And some of them will, in the next few years, more, most likely go to be with the Lord. Who's going to take their place? Who's going to be the prayer warrior in the, the months and years to come when our seniors continue to get older and older? We need younger generations to develop a heart for prayer. So I want to say to you today, parents and grandparents, we must be instilling a heart for prayer in our kids. And while we're at it, we must be instilling a heart for God's word in our kids. We must. We must be instilling a heart for church and the bride of Christ in our kids. Uh, yeah, I know that, that many of our kids uh, will, will come to church on Easter and, and come on Christmas, but that's not enough. They're not going to establish godly habits if they're just coming a couple times a year. And why is it that kids and teenagers don't come to church carrying their Bibles like they used to? Some parents will say, well, that's because they've got a smartphone, they've got a Bible app. Well, sure, they have a Bible app, but it's no substitute for coming to church each week with a copy of the Word of God in hand. A phone can be very distracting, but when we open the Word of God, the only thing that distracts us within the Word of God is more of the Word of God. And so I hope and pray that dads, moms, we can get back very soon to the point where we come to church every week. It's a priority and we've got Bibles in hand ready to dive into God's word together. We need to make sure we're instilling a heart for prayer, a heart for the word of God, a heart for church, a heart for service in our kids. We must teach our kids to love the Lord with all their heart mind, soul, and strength. Parents, grandparents, we have to fight for the souls of our children and our grandchildren. We've got to fight for their souls because the pull of this world is so, so strong. I want you to listen to these wise words of Dr. James Dobson's father. He wrote these words years ago. He wrote, the greatest delusion is to suppose that our children will be devout Christians simply because their parents have been. Or that any of them will enter into the Christian faith in any other way than through their parents' deep travail of prayer and faith. Amen. Parents, 
If we are serious about protecting our kids from the pull of Satan and the pull of this world, if we're serious about them owning their faith during their teen and early adult years, then we have to teach them to love God and to love God with everything they've got, with their heart, with their mind, with their soul, with their strength. We have to prioritize prayer in our homes every day. We have to prioritize reading God's word in our homes every day. We have to prioritize attending and serving at a church every week. And we have to be on our knees fighting for the souls of our kids. And then maybe, just just maybe, when our kids leave our homes, they will have a faith that is on fire for our Lord Jesus Christ. Lesson number three, make sure you teach them to love God. So they're the first three. Teach your kids to trust God. Number two, teach your kids to fear God and to shun evil. Number three, teach your kids to love God with all their heart, soul, and strength. Number four, we find in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 7 and 8, where it reads, Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Before Moses died, he spoke these words to Joshua, who was going to take his place as the leader of Israel and lead them into the promised land. And over in Joshua chapter 1 in verse 6 and in verse 9, God repeats this command to young Joshua as he takes the reins of leadership. And so the lesson goes like this. It's lesson number four. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid to do What is right? What a glorious lesson to pass on to our kids. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid to do what is right. Although some people would claim that uh, what I'm about to say is a little chauvinistic, I'm going to say it anyway because it's the truth. Okay, so please open your ears and open your minds to what I'm about to say here. Moms, God has given you a wonderful gift and ability to nurture your children and protect your children. And so as moms, I believe it's second nature for you to do what God created you to do. It's second nature to say certain things to your kids and to to parent in a way that God has uniquely shaped you to parent. You see, one of the things that moms consistently say to their kids is be safe. Be safe. Am I right, moms? So if your child goes to to play outside in the backyard, mom oftentimes says, be safe. When a child goes over to their friend's house or goes over to the neighbor's house, mom will oftentimes say, be safe. What do moms say before their kid jumps into the swimming pool? She tells them, uh, be safe. When they're teenagers and they go off to play a football game or they go hiking with their friends or they go rock climbing or, God forbid, for uh, rappelling off a cliff, a mom will say, uh, be safe. That is a beautiful and important message that I believe God wired moms especially to pass on to their kids. But I believe God has wired into dads a counter message that also needs to be passed on to our kids. And that counter message is be strong and courageous. Be bold and do not be afraid. You see, our kids do need to learn to take careful, careful risks. When they're kids, when they're teenagers, when they're adults, it's a wonderful thing for our kids to be safe. They need to be safe. 
But at the same time, our kids need to take bold, courageous steps for Jesus Christ, do they not? And this is a message I believe God has uniquely wired dads to pass on to their children. It's such an important message. Be strong and courageous. Dads can pass this message on to their kids. You know what I found in the last few months? When I was at a store during this COVID-19 stay-at-home order, or I was talking to different church members or people on the phone, I found myself at the end of conversation saying, be safe, be safe. And you know what? Uh, That kind of annoyed me after a while. Yeah, i got to be honest with you. Sometimes I annoy myself. So if you ever find me annoying, don't worry. I annoy myself sometimes too. I found this kind of annoying. It was kind of running counter to something that God had placed in me. Yes, we shouldn't be reckless when we go out into the world, especially during a pandemic. I certainly don't want my daughters to to run out into Walmart or Target and go up to a stranger and say, could you please just sneeze in my face right now? No, we don't want our kids to be reckless. Uh, We don't want our kids to do things that are nuts and crazy and and are going to get themselves unnecessarily hurt or diseased. But at the same time, God has called us to be bold and courageous and to take calculated risks for the glory of God. And dads, I think that is a message your kids need to hear. Tell them you believe in them and you don't want them to be reckless. You don't want them to unnecessarily get themselves hurt. But let them know it's okay to take some calculated risks for God at times. Be bold and courageous because God didn't create you to go through your entire life just being safe. Amen? Dad's God has uniquely wired you to get your kids to be a little more courageous and brave for Him. And dads, you certainly have my blessing and permission to take calculated risks once in a while in front of your kids. Let them see you making bold and courageous steps without fear for the glory of God. Lesson number five we find in 1 Timothy 4.12. It's the last lesson we'll look at today where it says in 1 Timothy 4.12, don't be, excuse me, don't let anyone look down on you because you were young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. It's a great verse. So the lesson, lesson number five is this. Set a good and godly example for those around you. Set a good and godly example for those around you. What an important lesson to pass on to our kids. I'll never forget when I was an upperclassman in high school. I was really active in my youth group at my church. My youth pastor uh, one day decided to set up a camping trip for the youth group, particularly the high schoolers. And so she told us we were going to go on a camping trip to the beach. And we were all excited. And, you know, I had this vision in my mind. We were going to go down to the the Ventura area uh, there in Ventura County. We're going to go and camp on the sand and the the waves would be crashing close by. Well, we go on a Friday night down to this campsite and we didn't end up at a campsite that was at the beach. Uh, This so-called beach campout. Turns out that that second-rate campsite was wedged in between the 101 freeway on one side and a bunch of train tracks on the other. This place was a dump. And so we roll in, and we're thinking, man, this is a disappointment. (laughs) First night, we go to set up the tents. Someone had forgotten a tent for me and another kid in the youth group, Roger. 
And so fortunately they had a spare tent, but we set this thing up. It was a little triangle, and at its peak it was about three feet tall. We actually hurdled this tent. We jumped over it for one of our activities the next day. And so there we were in this tiny tent that night. Something went wrong with a meal that first night. And so our youth pastor ran out into town and got us all meatball subs. And we bit into those meatball subs. And have you ever bitten into ground beef and it has a strange color? Uh, This had a weird hue of green. And it wasn't St. Patrick's Day. We had some green meatballs on these subs, and so the meal went south, and the tent wasn't right, and the campsite was terrible. But you know what I remember that wasn't something that went wrong on that weekend? Something that was powerful and life-changing for me? Our youth pastor took us through 1 Timothy 4.12. That was our theme verse for the weekend. 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. And our youth pastor gave us these little suede bracelets with five different colored beads, not too much different from this little bracelet I'm wearing right now. My 10-year-old gave this to me today to wear for Father's Day. Uh, It was so sweet of her, but it was a similar bracelet, suede, and had these five different colored beads. The red bead standed for love, reminding me to set an example in love. The white bead uh, stood for purity, reminding me to set a good example in purity. And I wore that bracelet for the next several months, whether I was at church or at school or at a store or wherever. That youth pastor poured into me that weekend that God had created me to be a good example for others around me, whether it was my peers or my sister or other older adults. She poured into me. The youth pastor poured into me, and I wore that proudly for the next few months. I tell you, that verse made a difference in my life at a young age, and it can make a difference in your kids' lives as well. Let them know that God has created them to be an influencer. God has created them to be a good example for their brothers and sisters, for their friends at school, for their friends at church, and even adults can look to them and learn how to follow Jesus Christ better. Paul said to his young protege, Timothy, oh, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example to the believers in speech, life, love, faith, and purity. Dads, these are five vital, courageous powerful messages, heroic messages and lessons that you can pass on to your kids. Teach your kids to trust God with all their heart. Teach your kids to fear God and shun evil. Teach your kids to love God with all their hearts. Teach them to be bold and strong and courageous for Jesus Christ and and take some calculated risks for him for the glory of God. And teach your kids to be a good example to those around them. And let me give you a little sigh of relief opportunity. Some of you might be saying, you know what, I'm not very good with my words. Uh, Am I supposed to sit uh, my kids down, Dane, and say, okay, lesson number one, uh, I need you to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Uh, Lesson number two, lesson number three, four and five. No, you don't even necessarily need to sit them down and say, these are five lessons. You know what God has done? He has given us the ability when we're simply just sharing quality time with our kids. He's given us the ability within those simple, unexpected opportunities to pass on some of the most life-changing messages. Dad, you may be sitting on your daughter's bedroom floor playing Barbies with her, and God will give you the opportunity to talk about how important it is to trust God. Dad, you may be tossing the pigskin in the backyard with your 12-year-old son, 
And God gives you an opportunity as you're throwing uh, that pigskin to talk about how important it is to be strong and courageous for Jesus. God will give you these opportunities, whether you're on a fishing boat or playing Barbies or throwing a football with your sons. He'll give you these unexpected opportunities to teach these simple lessons. So here's what you do. You prioritize and live these five lessons out yourself. And you say, God, give me opportunities on days I don't expect, during activities I don't expect, to pass these on to my kids in a way that will sink in and they can carry with them for the rest of their lives. Dads, God has called you to pass on these five lessons. You can do it. So why don't you go and be the super dad that God has created you to be? Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I especially today lift up dads that have just listened to this message. Oh God, I pray that you would help them to be those super dads you've called them to be. Lord, all of us as dads have this in common. We look at how we fathered in the past and we know that we have failed in certain ways. And there's nothing we can do to go back and change those failures. But God, we can make some changes today so that our fathering steps up to the next level. I thank you for every father listening to this message and the wonderful ways that they have modeled for their kids how to live a good and godly life. I thank you for every dad listening, Lord, for the things that they have taught their kids that were vital, that were courageous, that were heroic. But Lord, help them and help me to take it to the next level. Help us to pass on to our kids, Lord, our faith, so that they will as adults trust in you, fear you, love you, be bold and courageous for you without fear, and to be good examples for those around them. Lord Jesus, help us to pass on these five messages. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone here who, Lord, has not made that decision to accept you as Lord and Savior, that they would do so today, right now in this moment, that they would take hold of you because you are the ultimate good, good Father. May they take hold of you and simply say in prayer, Oh God, I admit that I am a sinner. I admit that I have failed Not necessarily just as a a father or a husband. I just failed as a man. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Lord Jesus, I pray that they would come to you and say, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you died for me. So please forgive me. And I choose today to follow you for the rest of my life and to obey your commands and live out this role that you've called me to live out, whether it's as a parent or a spouse or a child, or a grandparent. Lord, I I will live it out for your glory and your honor. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Every week, we give you an opportunity to accept Christ. And every week, I want you to know that we are ready and willing to help you get baptized when you're ready. You see, in the New Testament, when someone accepted Christ, they were immediately baptized. It was what Jesus said to do to make it clear to God, the angels, and the whole world, I am serious about following Jesus from this point forward. And we even purchased last year a portable baptistry so we can even take it to your house if we need to. If you are ready to accept Christ, please reach out to Roxanne or DJ this morning. Reach out to one of our prayer counselors. Shoot us an email. Call us at the office. Whatever you feel comfortable doing, reach out to us. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you about making that decision for Christ. And we'd love to set up that time that you can be baptized as soon as possible. 
God bless you, and dads especially. Enjoy the rest of your Father's Day. God bless.